Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. $7 a month or an $8,000 pair of diamond stud earrings comes to around $135 a month. Everything's included. Rings, earrings, bands, bracelets, pendants, all designer fashion jewelry, colored gemstone jewelry, GIA certified diamonds. With interest rates going higher and higher everywhere else, Diamonds Direct comes to the rescue with this spectacular offer. But you must hurry. This special opportunity ends this Saturday and will not be extended again. Five years, zero interest on anything and everything. Get all the details, showroom hours, and directions at DiamondsDirect.com. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Now here's Rita Baloo live from inside your plumbing. Even if your drain doesn't show any leaks or have any eye-watering smells coming from it, it doesn't mean your septic system still may not be working well. Pumping your septic tank can help improve the efficiency of your system, but you're going to need an expert. And that's why Hambone Plumbing is proud to announce Hambone Septic Pumping. The same great company now offering even more services. How do you get your septic system at proper working levels? Rita? Call Hambone, 512-388-7030. Hambonplumbing.com. License numbers M12470 at TCEQ. Cutting Steaks and Barbecue like in Salado presents Easton Corbin Friday, October 13th. I just can't love you back. Get your tickets to see Easton Corbin live Friday, October 13th at Johnny Steaks and Barbecue. Purchase online at johnnysteaksandbbq.com. Don't miss Easton Corbin at Johnny's in Salado, Friday, October 13th. Get your tickets at johnnysteaksandbbq.com. That's johnnysteaksandbbq.com. Homeowners, listen up. I need to tell you about Orchard and Orchard.com. If you're looking to sell your house and something you're even thinking about, so imagine selling your home, not having to list it, show it, repair it, to get it sold, and then getting paid not once, but twice. That sound okay to you? I know you're saying, E, that sounds like a fairy tale, but it's not. It's absolutely true at Orchard.com. Go to the website, get that free valuation. Orchard will make you a solid cash offer on that home. If you agree to it, they'll give you the cash for that next home or to move on. And then Orchard takes everything from there. They paint it, they'll repair it, they'll list it and show it. And when or if your Old home sells for more than Orchard offered you originally, they'll also give you the upside cash. When your home that they improved and repaired and sold sells for more, the money goes into your pocket. And that happens 97% of the time with Orchard here in Austin. Look, the Austin market is difficult. So many home buying companies are trying to lowball you. At Orchard, they want to pay you the upside when your old home sells for more. No one else is going to give you that. If you want to get paid twice to sell your home and not have the hassle of it, go to the website, Orchard.com. Get that free valuation. Once again, it's Orchard.com, O-R-C-H-A-R-D, Orchard.com. Brought to you by F1 Experiences, the closest you can get to Formula One. Book your U.S. Grand Prix ticket package today at F1Experiences.com slash Austin. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Halloween here is scarier than an OU cheerleader without makeup. But nothing scarier than missing out on employee pricing on all our zero-turn mowers this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. Hey, everyone, you know we love all the texts you guys send us. So we want to tell you about our new Horn text line number. Make sure you save the new number, 512-447-3776, to keep sending us all of your comments, questions, and more. We're always trying to find the best way to connect with y'all. So make sure to remember the new number, 512-447-3776. It's 512-447-3776. And thanks for listening to The Horn. 
You're listening to KTAE AM Elgin, K270CO Round Rock, Texas Sports, The Horn. The Horn. Guests on The Horn appear courtesy of the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Vaqueros now delivers and offers curbside pickup. For info on placing your lunch or dinner order, visit vaqueroscafe.com. Okay, we're all in take five. Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Thursday on the Horn. It is uh, a busy one coming up in about uh, six minutes. We're going to talk to our buddy Tyler McComas. Does a radio show up there in Oklahoma City. Always the guy we go to to get the uh, intel, the 411 on the Oklahoma Sooners. They are 5-0. and They are ranked 12th in the country. How good are they? Tyler will give us his opinion coming up. And what are their chances against the Longhorns, who are favored by almost a touchdown in this game? Also getting ready for Cowboys Niners this weekend. Uh, baseball playoffs. The divisional rounds begin, including, how about the uh, Texas Rangers? We'll get you details how they got there. But they played 11 in the morning. Right when the Longhorns and Sooners are kicking off, Rod, the Rangers can play the Orioles in game one of that divisional series. Wow. Another Texas baseball team kind of getting screwed by the schedule makers of Major League Baseball. 11 a.m. baseball? Come on now. Yeah, that's not sexy. No. Playoff baseball? Playoffs? Playoffs. Well, Come they on. want to do a quadruple header. Well, then why, why, why can't somebody else take the 11 a.m. slide? Is there I a, know. Are the Rangers the least sexiest matchup of the yeah, matchups that Baltimore's day? Baltimore's a big market, East Coast. They're okay. the 100-win team. Yeah, that's what I'm think. saying. I don't get it. We don't have start times on the other three games, but uh, Rangers-Orioles, we do have Saturday, 11 a.m. Wow. Texas OU, 11 a.m.? Yeah. Wow. I guess you better... Got to get up early. Kegs and eggs. Kegs and eggs. Kegs double and TVs. Eggs, whatever you're doing. If you're going to be at the Cotton Bowl, obviously, and you're a Ranger fan watching Texas, you're going to have to you know, have your phone handy. And I don't know. That's un- un- I mean, We don't know what time Twins Astros will go. With that in mind, let's get you caught up on the news of the morning, how it all shook out. Two game sweeps in all of the wild card rounds. Headlines presented by our friends at uh, Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Uh, we will start with that baseball. Major League Baseball after two days. The wild card round in the books. The ball for the best of three series wrapped up yesterday with two game sweeps. Rangers finished their business in Tampa with a 7-1 win. And Adolis Garcia, Evan Carter belted home runs to back Nathan Nivaldi. He was outstanding on the mound. Rangers first postseason series win in, since 2011. As we said, now on to Baltimore. They'll begin that best of five divisional series against the AL East champs on Saturday at 11 a.m. Minnesota Twins will be headed to Houston. They'll open their divisional series Saturday. Uh, no time given yet. They finished off the Toronto Blue Jays 2-zip yesterday. Carl Carlos Correa had an RBI single in the win. He'll be, of course, featured attraction back in Houston against his former team. National League wins for the Phillies and Diamondbacks have set up the Final Four on that side as well. A 5-2 win for Milwaukee. Arizona beat Milwaukee 5-2. They'll head to L.A. to face the Dodgers. Phillies knocked off the Marlins 7-1. Phillies now move on to Atlanta for a rematch of that uh, series last year. Braves, of course, uh, Phillies upset the Braves in the division round last year on their way to the World Series. Uh, Texas football, T-minus two days down to the Red River Showdown at the Cotton Bowl. Third-ranked Texas, 12th-ranked Oklahoma, certainly off to impressive 5-0 and starts. Both navig- uh, Texas has navigated the, the tougher early schedule to this point. Uh, but despite that easy schedule, some of Oklahoma's defensive numbers have earned notice. Most notably, Sooners allowing just over 10 points per game thus far. Fewest by any OU team through five games since Barry Switzer was still their head coach. Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian knows his Horns face a must, much tougher group on that side of the ball than they faced last October. I think they're just playing well together. You know, a lot of guys on the, on the same accord. 
the front tied together with the backers, tied together with the secondary. The multiplicity of what they do is very challenging. They've got a lot of defense. They've got a lot of coverages. They've got a lot of pressure packages. So, um, you know, it's, it's definitely challenging on that front, especially when, when they're all on the same accord um, and, and working well together. So, um, like I said, we, we've, got a, we've got our work cut out for us offensively this week in preparation for the ball game. Horns and Sooners from the Cotton Bowl kicks at 11 a.m. Saturday. Of course, we'll be live with our afternoon coverage tomorrow at Terry Black's Barbecue in downtown Dallas and our uh, watch party of all watch parties coming up at the Fieldhouse at the Crossover in Cedar Park on Saturday. Uh, right out there across from the HEB Center at Cedar Park in soccer. Finally, something to cheer about at Q2 Stadium last night. Austin FC ended that 10-match winless streak with a 3-0 win over D.C. United. Will Bruin and uh, Sebastian Driussi scored 10 minutes apart in the first half. Matt Hedges headed home a corner kick within the 64th minute. Verde gained three points for the first time since mid-July. Austin will host their final regular season home game Saturday night against LAFC. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Halloween here is scarier than an OU cheerleader without makeup. But nothing scarier than missing out on employee pricing on all our zero-turn mowers this month. Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. All right. Getting ready for Texas, Oklahoma. Getting ready for Cowboys, 49ers. Which one of these matchups you're more excited about? Which one is, which ones, both of them must watch television, no doubt. That's appointment viewing for both of them. Uh, But which one... In your opinion, are you most excited? We're going to present you with the best entertainment value. Uh, well, I think it's going to be Cowboys 49ers. As far as a game, yes. But, I, I mean. I think that there's, a, there's a chance the Texas-Oklahoma game could get ugly at one point, And Texas could pull it's, away. It's possible. And I'd also yeah. say. I don't see a blowout happening on the other side. Now, the sure. Texas-Oklahoma game is, is of more importance, I think, as oh, far yeah, as no what doubt. it means big picture. But for entertainment value. I'm talking about, and I'm talking about just as a, as a viewer when you're uh, watching it. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, I just love the spectacle of Texas OU, though. It never gets old. And, you know, one thing we haven't talked about much this week, Rod, is the, the, the quicker games. This game kind of flies by anyhow, right? And you played in the game four times. Uh, it moves fast. There's a lot happening. The, 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 the momentum shifts. Well, this year you can expect it to be quicker, right? <laughs> These games are all going faster. That's true. It's one of those games you look up, all of a sudden you're in the third quarter, and you're like, wow, how did that happen? Which helps Venables. Sure I think does. that helps Oklahoma, and we've seen it help teams like Wyoming and Rice who you know don't have as much talent as Texas. There's a huge talent gap there, and they've been able to choke the life, uh, kind of choke the clock, if you will, um, and uh, stay in games with Texas and play bend but don't break defense. And Oklahoma could do that in this yeah. game. And then Longhorns have shown the explosivity to blow those games open and uh, you know erupt pretty quickly. We'll see. But, yeah, this will be this will happen pretty quick. I would imagine you look up and think, man, they're already third quarter uh, in this game, maybe fourth. All right, let's go to the Vaqueros hotline. This is always our go-to guy when it's time to talk Oklahoma football. How improved are the 12th-ranked uh, Sooners? Let's go to the hotline. It's Tyler McComas, host of The Rush on The Ref from 2 to 6 every afternoon up there in OKC. Uh, covers the Sooners and uh, all things o- Oklahoma sports. He joins us now. What's up, Tyler? Guys, it's Thursday, the best week of the year. Like, Thursday is the day where you say, oh, my gosh, we're driving down tomorrow. It's officially getting close. So so we're ready up here, man. It's awesome. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, Tyler. So uh, last year, Oklahoma was 4-1 and one coming into this game. They just gotten uh, beaten by TCU the week before, but they still felt pretty good. And we know what happened in that game. The Longhorns won at 49-0. Uh, Longhorns 5-0, and OU 5-0 and coming in. What's, how, how improved is this Oklahoma team from your, uh, your perspective watching play-by-play? Oh, I mean, improved from a year ago. I don't even. I, I don't think it's comparable. I mean, they, they'll have their starting quarterback this time around, which helps out significantly, right? But you know, it, it, it's funny because I, I think I told you guys before the start of the season that 
All right, here's what I think about the offense. I think the offensive line's going to be really good, and I think the running backs are going to be good. I'm just really concerned about the wide receivers going into the year. Basically, just flip all that, guys. <laughs> That's where things sit right now with the OU offense. The OU wide receivers, that might be their best position group. The offensive line is a question mark. The running backs, guys, that's been the most puzzling thing about this team. We thought it was going to be Sawchuck and Barnes, a true, legit one-two, maybe one of the better one-two punches in the conference, and those guys really haven't given you anything up to this point. But offensively, they're a lot better, I still think, than a year ago because of how legit they have been with the deep ball. Um, The wide receivers are – um, you know, getting more in space down the field. Dylan Gabriel is being more consistent with his deep ball. Like, by the numbers, and I know that they haven't necessarily played just a, a ton of great defenses, though Cincinnati and Iowa State got some players on that side. The offense is more capable because they are so lethal with that deep ball. And then defensively, I don't know where you guys want to start, but at every single level they're better than they were a year ago. I'm not trying to tell you that they're elite on the defensive line, but they've got some real solid depth there. It's it's the most confident I felt about an OU defensive line in quite some time. And I know that that's not saying much with some of the defenses they've thrown out there, but Danny Stutzman at linebackers playing at an all American level. Um, you've got two corners who are playing sensational. The back end of your defense looks really good with true freshman Peyton Bowen with Billy Bowman back there. It's just, it's much better than it was a year ago. And they kept saying competitive depth, competitive depth all off season long. It became a running joke around here. But especially on defense, it's proven to be true, guys. They haven't done necessarily a great job of staying healthy so far this year, though I do think they come into Saturday as healthy as they've been all year long. And still, with even some bodies not available throughout this year, they've replaced those guys with guys that can really play as well. So defensively, they've made massive strides. Hey, Tyler, what are your thoughts about the lines of scrimmage for Oklahoma? Um, I, I like what they've done. You talked about the skill positions at wide receiver and even the defensive backfield and their back seven starts with those linebackers. They are they are really good players, some of the best players in the in the Big 12, and they're leading the Big 12 in takeaways. But lines of scrimmage, I think, is where Texas may have the advantage. What are your thoughts about how they match up there? Yeah, I mean, if I were to list my concerns for OU in this game, Rod, I would probably say, not just like Texas defensive line against OU's offensive line to get more specific, I would say kind of in, in the interior of that. Because I, th- I think OU's okay um, out, out there at the tackles. Like Tyler Guyton's got a chance to be a high-round NFL draft pick, but where they've really struggled on the offensive line is in the interior. Um, they, they've you know, started two, three different guys at one of those guard spots. They can't really figure that out, and that's a big question mark going in. So, yeah, I mean, it's been an issue running the ball this year. We've seen Texas defensive line, especially that interior, be pretty good. So that is a major concern of me that the interior of OU's offensive line gets pushed around and OU has to become one-dimensional, even though they're great at throwing the deep ball. And maybe that Texas secondary could be a little gettable potentially. The guys, the, the stats say it. you got to run the football in this game. You just have to. Yeah, and if you know, we know Texas. Jonathan Brooks is approaching 600 yards. He leads the Big 12. He's you know yards per carry leader in the conference behind that big line. He's been uh, really a guy that has stepped up. The Longhorns were wondering who was going to replace Bijan and Roshan, and it's been Jonathan Brooks. Uh, you mentioned that that you you were flipped on what this offense was going to be. If someone is going to step up and have one of these big Texas OU games on the ground, who is it? Is it Marcus Major? Uh, is it Tyree Walker? You know, Javante Barnes? Who who would be your pick to be that breakout player if they get one? I mean, I, I'll give you an answer, but <laughs> when I tell you that 
when I tell you how they've handled the running backs this year is unlike anything I've ever seen, I, all you guys have to do is go back and look at the box score from game to game. Because you'll say to yourself, well, here was Tawi Walker getting 21 carries against SMU, and then he got zero the next week against Tulsa. It's been so weird. It's almost been, you know, you may be the leading rusher one week, and then you get zero carries or one carry the very next week. It's like they're trying to get some guys going the next week. It's just been so – it's just been weird. So Marcus Major was your leading – I mean, he's your leading rusher on the year. He was your leading rusher last week. They tried to get Gavin Sawchuk going, and that didn't really work out. Paulie Walker um, didn't really even play last week. So I would tell you – that probably Tawie Walker, based on what we've seen up to this point, and it makes no sense whatsoever, I would say Tawie Walker's probably your guy and Marcus Major's number two. But, I, guys, when I, when I tell you I won't be surprised at anything that happens at running back, that's just the way that it's been handled this year. Yeah, that's, uh, that is interesting. That's weird. Yeah, I, I actually couldn't figure it out either. Just kind of watched the film. Glad you broke that down. Um, all right, can I ask you one more question, though, about uh, the lines of scrimmage? Um, who's the best pass rusher for Oklahoma, in your opinion? Could be a true freshman, Rod. Wow. I don't know how much you've watched P.J. Adibaware, mm. uh, former five-star from the Kansas City area. And so, like, let me lay out the timeline for him. Like I said, he was a five-star in last year's class. His brother Tommy was, I believe, a second-round draft pick last year in the NFL draft at a wow. Northwestern. This kid is just put together different. I mean, there's no other way to say it. Um, the, the long arms that he has, the measurables are just – are freaky, man. And it went from week two, Brent Venables at a press conference, he was asked about P.J., and the comment was, yeah, he was a little dinged up in, in, in fall camp, but, you know, he'll continue to get more opportunities as the season goes on. And then two weeks later, he makes a play against Cincinnati, and Brent Venables tells us, I literally was watching film on the plane. I saw that play. And I went back to his position coach, Miguel Chavis, and I said, what are we doing? we got to get this guy more snaps. (laughs) So in two weeks' time, it was, all right, yeah, we'll see. Like, he's going to have a larger role. Two weeks later, he's running the position coach on the plane saying, we got to get this guy in more. I don't think he's going to start on Saturday, but who is your your most natural, just capable pass rusher? It's that kid. And he gives you one highlight play. Week in and week out. Rondell Bothroyd uh, is also a good player. Wake Forest transfer. He's kind of like the, the – the way I would describe him, he and PJ are, I think, total opposites. Rondell Bothroyd's a guy that's played a lot of college football. He's like the old guy at the gym that you don't know how he's putting up 18 to 20 points during a pickup game, but he's just got the, he's got the old man moves to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Like They've got different type of pass rushers, but I'd say Rondell Bothroyd and P.J. Adibaware are, uh, are probably your two. But P.J.'s the future at that spot, guys. He's, he's got first-round potential. Uh, and a lot more team speed this year than they had last year. That was a slower team, and this one much faster with uh, a, lot of Brett, a lot of Brett Venables-type guys on that defensive side, and deeper for sure. Uh, any concern for you, Tyler, that, that so many of these guys who have come in are playing in this game for the first time? Even Dylan Gabriel didn't get to play in this game a year ago. There, there's so many first-time players. I think the number's 45 or so that have not played in this game. Texas should have the advantage as far as experience goes, especially considering Texas has already faced that big big Alabama game and having to get up and college game day and all the hype. This will be the first time for a lot of these Oklahoma players. Yeah, um, Bob Stoops comes on our show every Tuesday, and I asked him that exact question. Uh, Really with the quarterbacks, it's, hey, a lot's made of 
first-year quarterbacks here um, playing in this game. You lived it for 18 years. Do you think that's a big factor? And he said no. He, he said that they didn't prepare any differently. And, and I know the stats may say something different, but I was just thinking back here recently. Guys playing in their first OU Texas game the past four years have all – like Quinn Ewers played in his first OU Texas game last year. He won. Um, the year before that, Caleb Williams, I know, didn't start, but he finished the game. He won that game. 2020, I believe that was Spencer Rattler's first game, and then 2019 was Jalen Hurts' first game. So the numbers, I think, historically say that a first-year starter at quarterback or a first guy playing in this game doesn't fare well, but I feel like it, unless I'm wrong there, the the last four years, a first-year quarterback has played this game and won. Yep, it's true. It's true. Hey, Tyler, about the wide receivers, you talk about the deep ball. Uh, for our audience, describe the, the type, because I, I watch a lot of that Cincinnati game, and Andrew Anthony was kind of the go-to guy. Anytime they needed a big third down, he's uh, their leading receiver by yardage. Seems like the, the go-to receiver for Dylan Gabriel in big spots. But uh, the deep guy, the deep ball seems to be Farouk and Anderson. Uh, how do they break up these catches? Because they got, they got four guys over 200 yards receiving right now. Yeah, I think Andrew Anthony, Michigan transfer last year, and um, everyone was really excited about him. I mean, he didn't do a lot at Michigan. I, I think that that has in large part to do with just kind of the offense that they run. Uh, but Andrew Anthony's their deep ball. He, he's a speed guy, and when they want to go deep, I think the majority of the time it's going to him. Jaleel Farouk, who was on the team last year, I think he got hurt in this game last year actually, is kind of more of their do-everything type of wide receiver um he's probably their best in open space i would say when he gets the ball in his hands and then nick anderson guys he is the potential future superstar of this group texas fans will remember rodney anderson the running back for ou back in 2017 this is his little brother so the the genes the bloodline is there and this kid's had five touchdowns in the past three games he really emerged in that tulsa game with three scores um he can beat you deep uh, he can beat you over the middle. He can beat you after the catch. Like, if they have a wide receiver in that group that's going to be a first, second-round draft pick, it's it's going to be Nick Anderson as a second-year player. They've got Drake Stoops there. He's back for his 13th year at OU. You guys know him. Uh, Gavin Freeman, who hasn't had a major role with this team, is still like – I'm not telling you that they have a C.D. Lamb in that room. I'm not. I'm not there yet. But is this top to bottom – one of the better wide receiver rooms that I've seen OU have in a while. Top to bottom, when you factor in that they've got five, six guys that can contribute, I'd, I'd probably say yes to that. Hey, Tyler, is there a chance that uh, Brent Venables and Jeff Levy have been holding something back um, in anticipation of this game, considering how it went down last season, the 49-0? to um, Are you expecting some exotics in this game, both sides of the all for all phases of the game, potentially, from Oklahoma? Boy, that's been our conversation for about five weeks now. I'm trying to, I mean, mostly, yes. Yeah, my answer to that is yes. And I think that they've been kind of afforded that opportunity because of the week schedule that they played up to this point. Yep. But like, I'll point to you somewhere where we expect something funky to happen. And it's with Jackson Arnold. They've been trying this QB power run package all year long, and it hasn't worked out all that well up to this point. In fact, the fans really kind of hate that set up to this point. But they've been doing funky things. Like in the Tulsa game, it was, what, two, three consecutive plays where Jackson Arnold lines up at wide receiver. Oh, wow. You know? Mm -hmm. And then they finally bring him in motion. 
and they try to do a trick play off of that, and, and it doesn't work out. It ends up in an incomplete pass, but it just feels like they've been showing different things with that. Yeah, they've been using him in different ways, and I don't, I have no idea how they would use Jackson Arnold in you know sort of a trick play kind of setting. But it just feels like the first five weeks how they've been using that is setting up for something interesting in this game. Now maybe they've just been doing it. So Texas just has to chase something. They have to pay attention to it. I yeah. guess that could be the case as well. But it just feels like Jackson Arnold is going to be involved in this game somehow. And, of course, for those that don't know, he is the former five-star quarterback uh, up there at Denton Geyer last year. He and mm-hmm. Peyton Bowen were teammates. He's going to have a big part in this game as well. But just feels like the true freshman is going to have some sort of an impact here. I like that. Good right. stuff. Oh, man. The final time is uh, members of the – Big 12, and they'll square off in the first time since, uh, gosh, more than a decade that they're both undefeated and 5-0 and in this game. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, we'll see you up in Dallas. I'll be up there tomorrow afternoon at Terry Black's Barbecue on Main Street. Uh, T- T- uh, Tyler, if you get a chance to come by, we'll be there tomorrow afternoon. Uh, and then, of course, uh, be back, back here for Saturday. But uh, good to hear you, my friend. Thanks for the breakdown. Looking forward to a great game on Saturday. Great stuff. Yeah, I'll be at the Omni downtown on Friday doing my show. Cool. Uh, your favorite Austinite, Baker Mayfield, will be there, so I'll tell him <laughs> you guys said hi. Oh, hey, man. Omni, not hey, too far. I might swing ba- over there. Baker actually is my favorite Sooner. I've, I've said that before, and I know Longwood fans hate that, but it's true. It's true. Favorite Sooner. Uh, Tyler McComas is our favorite Sooner analyst. We always appreciate him. Uh, listen to him or Thanks, see him Tyler. on the ref there, 2 to 6 every afternoon there out of Oklahoma City. Thank you, Tyler. All right, there he went. There you Tyler go. McComas. Yeah, he's busy. busy. That's stuff to do, man. But he's, that was a great breakdown, actually. Was, was a great I think he gets some good stuff. They don't know what their running game is all about. This is why I think the Longhorns have a huge advantage, because they don't know who their running back is. Uh, but the, the kid he mentioned from, from uh, Nick, Nick Anderson. Anderson. He is. He's a good player. 6'4". He's yeah. out of Katy High School. Yeah, H-Town. Um, Big-time player. player. Uh, Longhorns will have to do a good job on him with the deep balls. He's really come on him of late. Him and Farouk, I agree, are the two that I would be concerned about in the receiving Well, game. And watching Andrell Anthony, he was really, if you go back to that Cincinnati game, their first conference game, they had some tough moments. That was a big crowd. Big Noon Fox <laughs> was there for them. And every time Dylan Gabriel needed a big throw, it was Andrell Anthony on third down. He's the Michigan transfer. So those three guys really watched for them in this game. And, of course, there's Drake Stoops. So. Bob's kid who's still hey, playing there. He's been there for a unlimited, while, man. Unlimited uh, eligibility if your name is Stoops <laughs> at Oklahoma, apparently. Seriously? <laughs> That's a great point, though. You know he's got some good NIL deals just for the hell of it. He's yeah. a Stoops. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we'll come back when we do. Rod's taking us behind the burnt orange curtain. More on this game. Your thoughts on this game? Hit us on the text line, 447-3776. What say you based on you just heard the OU Insider? Feeling more confident or less? Also, before the end of the hour, we'll go off the record. Rod's got his thoughts on uh, he's more and more thinking this Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift thing might be, might be all made up. We'll get details. It's Hook Em Up with Ian Rodby. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Texas Sports, the Horn. Thanks, Tyler McComas, for joining us. Rod, it is uh, 8.30. And OU still sucks. Thank you, Rod. 
Thank you, Rod. That gets you fired up. Now, this doesn't get you fired up, but I uh, mm-hmm. appreciate the text on the text line, 512-447-3776. Said, I've been stuck trying to get out of the airport for an hour and 20 minutes listening Ooh. to y'all. Thanks for the entertainment. Damn. Yeah, this is not, by the way, this is not a good day to be. The airport is going to, today's the first day of ACL Fest. So you're going to have a lot of oh. folks trying to get here to get down to oh, hopefully they can get that cleared I wasn't quickly even thinking enough. about that. Yeah, this is a busy day, especially incoming. Incoming traffic, Mageddon, traffic, Mageddon, and that thing's been there since uh, we started the show at six o'clock. And uh, sounds like our, our texture's been sitting there since about seven trying to get out of the airport. And yeah, you know, this is day one t- tomorrow's day one of the ACL Fest, uh, Friday. So a lot of folks will be rolling in here today to get all set up and ready to go. So yeah, be advised that's uh, not the area you want to be in is out by the airport. But you know, if you have a flight, you just you yeah. got to go. Yeah, <laughs> you're trying to, get, trying to get there, gotta and obviously, trying to get out yeah. of the airport. Uh, find an alternate route if you can, but there's only one airport. That's what I'm saying. There's not many alternate routes to the airport. I guess you could come in from the south side and come up 183 and cut could, across. Uh, yeah, you you're right. Up, uh, I guess tollway, you could take the tollway and go back around. But it sounds like just a mess. Just oh, a brutal. mess. Hey, uh, Rod's going to take us behind the burnt orange curtain. We're also both before the top of the hour. We'll go off the record. I want to hear Rod's thoughts on this. Uh, he's been pretty uh, on board that Taylor Swift and Ke- Travis Kelsey were a real thing. Now you're not so it's sure. It still could be a real thing. I'm just saying I'm just not as sure. I'm not as certain I as I once this. was that, oh, no, this is authentic. This is there. And, you know, they could be in love one day. Who knows? You could get, you know, a Travis Kelsey, uh, you know, Taylor Swift power couple name happening because they could be the real deal. What's our longest relationship? Do we know this? Taylor Swift? I do not know that. We got to start find. They got to find this out. What's her look? Because she does go. She runs through them now. Like she. She works. She works her way through them. I'd like to know her longest relationship. Got to write new albums, man. I know, which is great. I, I mean, <laughs> that's why Swifties. Swifties are kind of sick and demented because they celebrate her breakups and they celebrate her heartbreak because they always know got a damn good album coming out. So they know anytime she's in pain and heartbroken. Her longest relationship was 2017 to 2023. Damn, that's mm-hmm. long. That's six years. Who was that? Joe Alwyn. Oh, well, then she, yeah, that, that's you know what she did. She make albums in that time about him. Oh, sure, sure. She makes years. multiple songs about him. That's yeah, what I'm man. saying. So there you go. He, so she's not. You know, you know, they're the same age. Right? Bam, they're, they're, thank you, ma'am. They're both. They're both 33 years old, I believe. They're the same age. So so maybe she's ready to settle and, down again. You know, and he's grown up a Swifty. So now he's uh, he's maybe grown up out. a Swifty. Well, he's grown up with, with music. He says. Aww. Yeah, I don't know if he. I don't know if he grew up with her music. I think he just says that. <laughs> that <laughs> I say really that liked her music. Uh, do you think he, her music speaks to Travis Kelsey? I don't know. He said as much. But there's a reason when he went to he went to the concert and then he wanted to give her the friendship bracelet. Yeah, he's he trying, to throw, trying to shoot his shot. He was trying to exactly. That's when you try to shoot your shot. You say a lot of things. E, you been on a date lately? No, but when you go on a date, you say a lot of things when you're shooting your shot, and then that all that stuff is true later on. Come on now, guys. Guilty. Thank you. She meets your representative. You say a lot of stuff until you close the, the deal. So they're the same age. So when she's put out music at 18, he's 18. You know, it's popular. There's a chance, you know, when he was going to Cincinnati, University of Cincinnati, he was a Taylor Swifty. And now here he is trying to date her. <laughs> hey, or it's, or it's all a marketing Living scam. the dream. Yeah, we don't know. That's what I'm saying. Now I just don't know. And I, I just had a theory about it. So I'll get into it in Roger Rand. I'll get into what the theory is. All right. Before we go behind the BOC, I want to get you this. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What? Is behind that curtain. All right, time to talk more Texas, Oklahoma. Of course, we've been breaking it down all uh, morning long. And uh, shout out to Tyler, uh, Tyler McComas. That was actually really good breakdown that he gave us. I would encourage everybody, once we get everything podcast, to go check it out for yourself. 
Um, but I've been trying to, because I don't want to be too cocky and arrogant. I feel like I'm you know, on the verge of being cocky and arrogant about this game, and we know anything can happen in this Texas OU game. It is a true rivalry matchup and neutral location, the unique atmosphere, all those things. So what I'm doing now, the closer we get to game time, I'm trying to kind of reverse engineer <laughs> a lot of my predictions and prognostications and figure out if Oklahoma can pull off the upset, how does it look? If Oklahoma pulls off the upset, how does it look? And I think everybody is pretty much, and even Tyler uh, is pretty much on the uh, same pace, that if Oklahoma's going to pull off the upset, then Dylan Gabriel's going to have a hell of a day. Dylan Gabriel's going to have the game of, a, uh, of his lifetime, the game of his career potentially against Texas. That's how they pull off the upset. Now, is this possible against the Texas defense, which has been playing at a really high level, uh, playing at a, a level that may have them on the path to being a great defense and maybe even an elite defense? Depends on what they do in this game. Right, because this is the first real quarterback test they've had. They've had the fortune of playing three backup quarterbacks in a row. I don't know if that's ever even happened in college football history to play three backup quarterbacks in a row. But don't look a gift horse in the mouth. And the Longhorns have had that, uh, you know, that luxury. But this is the true test for them because Dylan Gabriel not only is a more than competent quarterback, he's actually one of the better quarterbacks in college football, and he is very intimately uh, knowledgeable and familiar with this system. This is so even though he hasn't played in this environment, um, nobody knows their system in college football probably better than Dylan Gabriel knows this one. It's the only one he knows. <laughs> yeah, right. It's the only, the only one he knows. knows. The only one he ever had to learn. Yeah. And he like I said, and he like I said, he he can teach it himself. He actually can coach it. He's got a PhD in this veer and shoot system. So that's something we know. And if he is gonna have a hell of a day, it's gonna start probably with the deep ball. And even heard Tyler McComas bring it up. He's like, oh, man, deep ball. They're great at the deep ball, and they got a lot of weapons to throw the deep ball. Whether you're talking about Farouk, the uh, the wide receiver uh, for uh, Oklahoma, sorry, Oklahoma, who's got – man, he really has got some some speed on him. And all their receivers, you can look, they average nine, it's 19 yards per reception for Farouk. Um, Andrew and Anthony is at 17 yards per reception. Uh, hell, Nick Anderson, the kid he was talking about out of Katie, who he thinks is going to be an NFL first or second round pick one day. He's at twenty at twenty seven yards per reception. So they're talking it deep downfield. The only guy that really has you look at yards per reception who has a more moderate uh, the, you know, kind of numbers when it comes to that, uh, it would be Drake Stoops operating in the short to intermediate game. He's less than ten yards per reception at eight point one. So they want to throw it deep downfield. And Nat Dylan Gabriel, we told you earlier this week, completes nearly sixty percent of his deep balls, passes twenty yards or more down the field. And Texas isn't bad at defending the deep ball. They just aren't good at defending it either. So if they aren't bad, they aren't good at defending it, then maybe that's something as a strength of Oklahoma they can exploit. So if that deep ball's working, and I think they'll throw it early. I think you got to throw it early. I think they'll throw it early and throw it often, and they'll throw it at Ryan Watts. And if Ryan Watts ain't there, even better, they'll throw it at the freshman or the backup rotational cornerback that's in there. Terrence Brooks is playing at a really high level right now, extremely high level. That <laughs> like corner, yep. Yeah, he's playing at a really high level. But uh, we do know that Ryan Watts is day-to-day, so he's dealing with an injury, so test out that injury. And it, whatever it, it is right now, we don't know exactly, but they haven't been you know, that they haven't been that, that upfront and forthcoming about the injury. So some tells me they're trying to be you know, a little clandestine about it. They don't want people to know much about the injury. And we haven't heard. He's day-to-day, so we don't know if he's going to start or not. Either way, I think Oklahoma goes at him early with the D-ball. And if, if his backup's in there, that might be Malik Muhammad or Gavin Holmes. I think they go after that 
uh, player with the deep ball. And I'll actually tell you this. I think Malik Muhammad would hold up better against the deep ball. He's got better uh, makeup speed. He is better at the line of scrimmage in terms of technique. Uh, he is a better ball hawk than Ryan Watts. I think he's got a higher upside than Ryan Watts, but he d- he's less experienced. And experience in this game, as we've talked about, it, it matters a lot. So I think they'll test Texas with the deep ball early enough. It might be the first play. Yeah. Why well, not? Why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, I have why this not? question for you behind the burn orange curtain. There's one guy on this Texas defense. One of the things I like about the Texas defensive matchup here is they have high IQ players on defense. Yes, right? they do. Jalen Ford, Jaday Barron. I mean, these are Byron Murphy. These are really smart players. Agreed. And one of their smarter players is Jalen Catalan. And Jalen Catalan was at Arkansas with Kendall Bryles. Uh, when he was calling, of course, Texas beat uh, Alabama yep. with the, with Arkansas with this offense a couple mm-hmm. years ago up in Fayetteville. How much can Jalen Catalan provide as far as intel on Kendall Bryles' tendency? Obviously, you can watch it all on film, but you got to think Jalen Catalan has a little bit of knowledge of what he's going to see or what he's seen before, whether it was in practice at Arkansas or just being around uh, that program as long as he was. That's a, that's a great point, E. Uh, I actually hadn't even thought about that, and you're right. And I wonder if Catalan can kind of spread some of those yeah. insider notes with the secondary there about exactly hey, yeah. what the, the principles are of that veer and shoot, what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, and I, I, said it, I said it earlier, I would like Jalen Catalan to play more snaps in this Oklahoma game than he's played in any game so far this year. The coaches wanted minis on the pitch count, but E, you and I, and I think everybody watching believes he's he's on a pitch count. They want they want him to be able to be durable the entire season. And I think for they're gonna break him out for big games, and this may be one of the last big games for Texas. Yep. I think you see him a lot in this game, not just because he's a veteran player, but I think what E just mentioned is <laughs> put the nail on the head. He actually has probably more experience uh within this uh, you know, at least with familiarity with this offense than a lot of guys on the team. But also E, I think it does fit schematically. We know that the Veer and Shoot offense wants to, they want safeties to be in no man's land. They do this with the uh, the, the formational stress they put on a defense because of the wide splits of the wide receivers. They force those safeties to defend all right, with wider uh, alignments. And if that's and then they throw the deep ball, so they're going to stress you vertically, not only formationally stress you horizontally, they're going to stress you vertically down the field with the deep ball and further back those safeties up just a couple of steps. And then you look up in the middle of the second quarter and your safeties are in no man's land. They're wide as hell and then they're deep as hell. And turns out you have to play with a really light box. And if you can't hold, if you can't, you know, hold up against the run that light box, that's probably six guys in the box. Then that's how Oklahoma has an advantage in the run game. They're not great in the run game, but that's a way for them to at least add some balance to the offense. For Texas, a light box will still actually, in my opinion, be advantageous to Texas because Jalen Ford, Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, you probably got one of the better light boxes in all of college football because you've got really stout defenders there. But Jalen Catalan, we've all watched him diagnose from a distance, from 12 to 13, you're a diagnose a run and still be able to contribute in run support from a distance, from deep. And I think you need your safeties deep just to deter the deep ball, to put the umbrella on the defense, but still want a safety that can run the alley and, and really come down and run support. And I've seen Jalen Catalan do it multiple times, and he does it with the thunder. <laughs> he, does yeah, he brings it. the number. He, he brings, the, he brings the, the, the damage. Yes, he does. So I think in this game, that's exactly what you need. You need a safety to be able to diagnose, okay, no, it's a run play, it's a pass, it's a pass, hey, I got to get depth. If it's not a pass, I got to get down and run support, and he's your best defender at doing that. He has precise angles. I call him the Alley Cat, Alley Catalan. Shout out to my man, Justin Wells. But I think that you need Alley Catalan in this game, no doubt. 
Well, and uh, good point on on you know the, the pitch count. But you know what? If they did put him on a pitch count and want to save him, he's healthy for this game, and that's an important thing, right? He's healthy in this game against an offense he's very familiar with. Jade Barron, you know, you just feel really good about Jalen Ford, Catalan, and Barron. It's kind of the uh, the brains of your defense, right? Getting people in the right places, communicating, uh, and then the line of scrimmage. Just set, you got to set your edges against this team because they run a lot of uh, you know that 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 their run game is either up the middle or they go wide with it, right? They come mm-hmm. down the line uh, with that RPO game. Uh, so you got to edge set it, but also you got to have guys that can come up and hit the alley and, and support from the back end like that a lot. All right, there's Rod behind the BOC. Coming up, we go off the record. Also, if you're a baseball fan in our next hour, looking forward to talking to Bob Nightingale, longtime baseball writer on a national level. Help us preview Rangers, Orioles, Astros, Twins. The divisional rounds are set. We'll do it with Bob Nightingale next hour. Coming next, though, off the record on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. D.D. Megadoodoo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get they bring the income. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Never sucks on off the record. Stories you uh, maybe have missed that you need to know because you'll be talking about them. Yesterday we talked about days in a row sex streaks, Rod. We've gotten a text from our guy. guys. Hey, guys, Mr. Married with two kids here, 51 days now. Mm. Let's not go on that again, though. <laughs> no, let's not go. That's a, de- that, de- that's a depressing uh, streak. We want to talk about the, the exciting streaks. Yeah. Well, how about the this ones. guy? You know, you think. Uh, bad ones. I'm on a bad one like that, too. So how about, a, how about, a, how about a, you. Well, you just had your wife's had a baby. I know. You just got, comes with the territory. <laughs> it's exactly. It's still happening. Shut down. <laughs> shut down. Operation <laughs> shut down. Remember Derek, uh, there was an Astros player named Derek Bell back in the day. Uh-huh. With Killer Bees days oh, with yeah. Bagwell Biggio. Derek Bell was one of them. And he actually he actually quoted saying, "I'm going into Operation Shutdown." He wanted more money. It's great. <laughs> operation Shutdown. I like that. So, operation Shutdown. Well, speaking of Operation, how about this guy? You know, you think you think Florida man drug oh, dealer no. stories? Oh no, probably be cocaine or something of that nature. No, 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 no. But this man. guy, Reginald Kinser or Kinsier, what he do? Arrested. Seventy-seven-year-old uh, had more than two, almost two thousand dollars worth of ED meds. ED meds that he had smuggled from a pharmacist. Well, he had the. Uh, I mean, he's the penile pills. I mean, hey, and he was stockpiling. This guy he was ready to make PEDs, a. Man. This, this dude was ready to make. I mean, he's at the villages. This is where all the old folks were. This he, guy's about to make a fortune. Need the performance enhancers, bro. Of course. How? I mean, you're talking about uh, like giving candy to a baby. <laughs> Got all these old dudes there at the villages still trying to well, actually, make a streak. Well, actually, the STD rates are, are higher, actually, oh, yeah. in some of the nursing homes and some of the older, you know, older like, like facilities, I guess, uh, retirement homes. They're higher there than in the like normal gin pop. Listen, I know it's a old folks are getting it on. Like, do we really need the Department of Homeland Security involved in penal pills? Really? Come on, man. This guy's just trying to help help out the people. It's the Justice Department. Hey. You had to get in there. You had to put the kibosh on This guy's on like the thing. most popular guy at the villages. Oh, he definitely is. The ladies and the men. <laughs> yeah, Everybody loves well, this dude. All people are like, oh, man, we don't want him getting shut down. He was our dude. He was our guy. 
I know mm. they got to get it from their own doctor, but uh, they can get that blue chew then, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, it, and it, it's easy to get these pills now everywhere, right? Oh yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. Give them to you. There's no need for you to get them on the black market as much anymore. This guy's going to make some cash on that because mm, I, I think every, everywhere I look, there's some advertisement for enhancement or enhancement enlargement. You can go to the gas station. I mean, everywhere. The gas station. What do they have at the gas station? I don't know if you want to get those. <laughs> No, I don't know you were getting at the gas station. Don't get the gas station. <laughs> Do not get those. Well, like rhino pills or something like that. Rhino yes. pills. No, I don't want the gas station and uh, PEDs. Uh, uh, no, I don't Your want lady those. might. No, oh, we're good on that. Don't do it, guys. Don't do it. Don't take the gas station ones. Get one that's more legit than that. Okay. All right. Oh, what do you man. have, Rod? Off the record. Wow. Uh, okay. How about this? Uh, this is the Department the great- of Homeland Security is arresting a guy for. ED meds. Come hey, on, man. man. So they, they, they concerned about it. They want to know what's going on. They want to make sure they put the, put the kibosh Thanks on that saving thing. us. All right, so how about this? This might be the greatest NIL deal I've ever heard of. Okay. Um, Utah. Uh, Utah to Utah Utes. Um, apparently one of the most lucrative team deals in the 27-month history of NIL, Utah's Crimson Collective is leasing each scholarship football player a new Dodge Ram truck. Oh, Wow. They get a new Dodge Ram. Every every scholarship player gets a new Dodge Ram truck. It'll be a six-month lease, and the lease is, I think, voided if they decide to transfer. The each's truck retail value is at sixty-one thousand. Uh, and every every eighty every eighty-five scholarship member of the team is going to get them a Dodge Ram truck. It was funded by collective donations. The trucks will be leased to each player as part of a individual six-month lease, as I said. Uh, leases end when a player's eligibility expires nice. or when they choose to transfer. That means they, you know, my theory on Dodge Ram trucks, that means they can go slow in the fast lane. Oh, yes, right. <laughs> There'll be a lot of that going on in my Utah. non-scientific be a study. Lot of that. <laughs> highest percentage of drivers going, going, you know, plugging the lane in the fast lane are Dodge Ram trucks. Okay. Wow. Hey, did you see the Chargers? How about San Diego? Are the LA Chargers are on their bye week? Yeah. And they're releasing, or they're trading J.C. Jackson. They traded J.C. Jackson, their underperforming cornerback, back to the New England Patriots where he came from. He's got some issues. He had like a court appearance that he didn't show up for, yes. and then he was like a healthy scratch in a game. Some weird stuff happening. The defensive genius Brandon Staley. At least oh. he's been alleged to be a defensive genius. Yeah. Final tally on their return for J.C. Jackson, $38.5 million for 21 games. Damn. That's ugly. Nineteen million dollar dead cap hit. Yeah, that's bad. Can't. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to justify assigning that bad. And when you're a defensive coach, and you said I gotta have that guy to build my defense, and now what? Two years later, less than two years later, gone. Gone. Twenty one games. Man. Yeah, it's barely Bra- over a season. Brennan Staley, I'll admit, man, I, I think he's on the hot seat this season. Got to be. When yeah. They come out of their bye week. They better get hot. They won a couple games back to back. Beat the, the Raiders and the Vikings. Into their buy, but yeah, you just feel like that guy'll screw it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, uh, Kelly Moore's there now. He can help him out. Remember the one they won at Minnesota? He went for it on a fourth down, his own twenty-yard line. Yeah, his green binder. Trying to screw it up. His defense made a play. Mm. Guy's trying to screw it up. <laughs> hey, Cowboys fans, how confident are you that uh, Mike McCarthy won't screw it up on Sunday night at San Francisco? We'll continue to preview that big game. Obviously, Texas OU. Big Mac. And Bob Nightingale will join us, one of the best in the biz, covering baseball. He'll help us preview Rangers-Orioles. What are their chances there? Astros-Twins. Bob Nightingale on our next hour. Plus, Rod's got a rant. Can't wait. Let's hook him up on Ian Rod B.